You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Good morning, and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarrabosco News Group Radio Show. Steve. Morning. Okay, I'm just making sure that a few things are working here. I believe uh, my mic is up. I think so, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's a very uh, easy, slow start to the day. It's not as as chaotic as last fortnight's show when I had a few tech problems. No, but uh, yeah, it's a public holiday. Everything starts slow. And we have one coffee yet. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of Current Affairs. And on today's show, we'll be talking to Kat and Danielle from Wrenchworthy Bike Shed about uh, their bike shed opening party they had yesterday up in Thornbury. And I'll be talking to Gordon Oakley, Manager Motoring and Mobility from RACV, about uh, the bike share schemes that have uh, now opened up in Yarra. We've got three stations around here. Yes, so Steve, what have you been up to of late? Well, apart from not being here, not on the bike enough, hoping to do something about that, although last few days, ride to Wrenchworthy, ride to social things in the park, you know, not watching the Spring Classics enough. The Spring Classics, a little bit about that, there was Paris Nice, and there's another one that I can't pronounce, Torrento. Is it Torino? Torino, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I've got a list of the ones coming up for those wanting to watch. Milan San Remo usually a uh, has been a good uh, stage for some of the Australian riders in the last little while. We seem to be doing quite well. It's it's the early spring classics, and again with most of these things, uh, Paris Nice, the Toronto one you just mentioned, they lose a stage to snow. Yeah, they've had some <laughs> of that. It's still it's still the it's still the wrong season in the other hemisphere, and yes, there's been some uh, adverse weather. And yeah, you don't want to ride over a mountain pass uh, or race over a mountain pass. You might want to you might ride over it, but racing over it might be a bit treacherous. So yes, snow a problem. But yes, coming up March 19, Milan San Remo. Then in April, t- three of the biggies: uh, Tour of Flanders, Belgium, Paris Roubaix. In France, of course, the hell of the north. Oh, I've um, We've that. seen lots of fun on cobblestones there, and Amstel Gold Race in the Netherlands, but at mid-April. So, if you want to spend time watching or recording and then watching lots of uh, European racing, it's all coming up. Yeah, and also uh, don't forget there's the UCI Women's World Tour. So that is something that, again, also gets left off when we talk about women's participation. Uh, uh, Ella Cycling Tips has got a really good rap on uh, the Women's World Tour. If you want to go read that online, go to Cycling Tips and uh, look that up. I think I omitted to mention who we are and what we do. This is Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio. We're a uh, program about cycling and related transport issues broadcasting from 3CR Community Radio 
in Melbourne, Australia. And I'm Chris and you are... I'm Steve. Yeah. I think we've got our identity um, politics about... We've got that correct for a change. I think we've got that down, down pat. So, what else um, have you been up to of late, Steve? We haven't had you in the studio for a fairly lengthy no, period. No, it's, it's unfortunate that work, earning a living, has kept me out of the studio and away from doing doing some shows. But the public holiday, wonderful thing, um, allows me to come in. You have been indeed helping out with Ranchworthy, though. because we, we did. We first kind of met Kat and Sid and everyone when they were up on Plenty Road and we did an interview with him last year and subsequently there's been a quite a bit of development with him moving... Yes, moved from the reservoir location um, to Span Community House in Thornbury and in the back of the community garden we've located a modest shed to enable uh, the Wrenchworthy um, facility to operate there. Yeah, and just a quick thing on what is Ranchworthy, because, yeah, we know what a bike shed is, and I've interviewed people about bike sheds, but this is something quite indeed uh, unique and different. It's a safe place for those members of the community that might be in a minority and might feel um, uncomfortable going to some of the other um, conventional Basically, types if of you're, sheds. Basically, if you're holding the spanner, you're in charge of it. Yeah. I, I like the, that idea. It so it's a place for yeah. women, uh, the gender diverse and the queer community that are wanting to learn how to fix their bike or, you know, meet people that are doing all of the above. Maybe learn a bit more about Melbourne's bike culture if you're new to town. So, yes, yeah, a safe place uh, for that. Yes, because I can't. Th- I mean, I know a lot of things changed in bike shops, or you know, since I got an interest in you know cycling issues and the like. But you couldn't get much more binary than that than sometimes could you? Yeah, a bit binary, a bit male dominated, <laughs> some some poor attitudes uh, by some of the, the some of the staff. It, it, uh, it's getting, changing. It's changing immensely. But again, I think people's potential should be allowed to be brought through, and no one should be able to feel like you know oh, you're. You're either your question or your patronage is not welcome. I think that I think Wrenchworthy is a pretty good push in the right direction. Anyway, I'm going to play a. Well, I think we should uh, play a dinner set, and um, we'll come back with the um, interview we did up at Wrenchworthy yesterday. Come along to a concert for Steve Fraser, longtime presenter of 3CR's Night Hours on Rhythm program. Steve sustained a serious and permanent brain injury following a diabetic coma and remains in a brain injury care unit. Some of Australia's most renowned blues and roots performers are rallying in support of Steve with a fundraising concert to be held in Melbourne on Sunday, March 20. Organised by friends, family and supporters, with performers donating their time, Cherry Bar donating the venue, all donations are going to a trust fund being set up by Steve's family to provide for his and his daughter's ongoing care. The concert will feature Blues and Roots stars Jeff Lang, Kerry Simpson, Chris Wilson, Phil Manning, Max Crawdaddy and more. For more info, check out the Facebook event Concert for Steve. Pre-sale tickets available at cherrybar.com.au. Sunday, March 20 from 2pm at Cherry Bar, 103 Flinders Lane, Melbourne. Tickets by donation, minimum $20. So come along and support the Concert for Steve, a stalwart supporter of homegrown Blues and Roots music and community radio.
the launch party for our new space now, which is it's Ben uh, Community House on Clyde Street in Thornbury. It's been a lot of work getting here, but yeah. we're here now and it's really nice. So we've got some music and some people sitting in the shade and some cakes and zines and stuff. We're just having a nice celebration of our new space. <laughs> but I see you're fairly well organised. With you've got. Whole bunch of merch here. You've got upcoming events. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's a space where it's not the something I'm sadly too used to. The male-dominated bike space. Yeah, you sometimes really have to overact or overcompensate. Yeah, so that's always been our aim: is to create a supportive, welcoming environment for people who don't identify as men to come together and. Yeah, help each other learn new skills and access tools and stuff. So help empower people, or just occasionally like help them get some some help without feeling feeling less than they should because they don't know everything about bikes. Which I think, as women, is what we experience. Women and non-binary people is what we experience very frequently um, in other bike space. That space happens so with the new space we've switched from once a week to every first and third Monday instead just so we can channel our energies into making some projects happen as well as just keeping the space open so yeah we'll be open every first and third Sunday from 1 till 5 p.m. in our new space so it's at Span neighborhood house on Clyde Street in number Thornbury. 64 64 Clyde Street Thornbury and what sort of projects have you done so far in terms of, you know, getting people used to being on tools? No, you know, it's like that sort of thing, if no question's stupid, everything can be asked. Yeah, sort of so our focus here is sort of hands-on tools. So the person whose bike it is is the person who should have the tools in their hands. And then uh, we're all here to support and offer knowledge where that's desired. So make sure people don't don't hurt their bikes but are free to make make the mistakes that help them learn. So we've got a pretty wide range of tools here and we're always excited about building on our collection, things like that. We're excited about this year running a few more workshops, so teaching people you know how to use gears, how to do specific things and next few months as well we're hoping to go on a bit of an overnight camping tour for people who haven't done that before, so trying to create a supportive environment around that where people don't have to feel like shy about their abilities or you know worried that it might be a bit too far and stuff so yeah and we're very keen for other ideas or needs that that are out there in the community everything we do is by collective decision making so if there's something you really wanted to learn that feels like it's related to bikes come and talk to us because we'd love to create an inclusive version of that and what's one of the most fun things you've done so far Probably this. <laughs> the parties are definitely fun. Well, who are you being serenaded to by today? So this is a humble show pony. So I think this is one of their first shows. So we want to have a big thank you to the city of Darabin for supporting us through the council's community support program. That's been amazing, um, particularly in helping us move and covering some of the financial burden. And we want to say thank you to Span Community House for letting us be part of their space and part of their projects. People turned up and people have donated stuff. Or anything. Yeah, that's true. Thanks yeah. to our volunteers. Yeah. They're all amazing. They've all worked so hard to get us to this point.
No. Freeze, fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer? Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you are arrested, you should make a no-comment interview. A no-comment interview? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say... No, no comment. comment! To everything? Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment? Yes, you say... No, no comment. comment! To everything? Yes. Say... No, no comment. comment! If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service proudly supporting 3CR. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and digital. And just listening to an interview, or quick grab I did yesterday at the Wrenchworthy Bike Shed in Thornbury with Kat and Danielle. Okay, up next is another interview I did with Gordon Oakley, Manager of Mobility and Motoring Services at RACV. And you're probably wondering, why are you interviewing someone from the RACV? Well... We've got three new bike share pods in the city of Yarra, and this is uh, an interview I did with Gordon earlier this week. Today on Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio, I'm speaking to Gordon Oakley, and he's from the RACV, and he's going to be speaking to us about the Melbourne Bike Share Scheme, especially with the new Fitzroy station that's just opened up in the last month or so. Gordon, thank you for coming on uh, Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris. Okay, just a little bit of an overview for people who may not be familiar with the Melbourne uh, Bike Share Scheme. Of course. uh, We started in 2010 with 50 stations and around 600 bikes, mostly in the CBD when we started. Um, However, um, as you mentioned in your intro, in the last 12 to 18 months we've started... Um, spreading the stations a little bit more into both city of Yarra and city of uh, Port Phillip. And um, so we've had quite a bit of success with, with those moves, I have to say. Yeah, because I used to use it quite frequently uh, for, St Kilda, for St Kilda Road Run. Get off uh, whatever public transport I was using in mixed mode, get one of the pods around Fed Square and head down St Kilda Road. I, I actually found it quite useful for you know, the times of I was just running a little bit late and I, I've, you know, I had an account and I went and used it. What do you think for advantages for people who actually live in Melbourne? Because people, a lot of us who live here think it's for tourists and people out of town. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. Um, uh, our sense is, and one of the reasons we've moved some of the stations out of the CBD is that the the actual city grid, if you like, you know, Flinders, Latrobe, Spring, and and Spencer on the other end, are pretty well served with public transport. However, the areas that aren't include Docklands, for example, and South Bank and South Melbourne. So we see that we see for commuters who live in those areas significant benefit to using bike share to get around the subscription is sixty dollars for a year so if you're talking about using that to commute and we know quite a few of our members commute four or five days a week with bike share it's it's about as it's about as cheap a 
top mode of public transport as you can find. $60 a year definitely is. I was thinking what Mikey is, mm. how much uh, maintenance I do on my actual bikes. That's, um, yeah, that's it, right. it, it proves pretty economical in the long run, but I think there's things here that people could uh, start thinking about in terms of how they you know, start using it instead of like, thinking of it as for other people visiting Melbourne. But you know, you've mm. got things like a really good little app called Spot Cycle that uh, people can download. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I'd like to take credit for that, but um, <laughs> we were approached by by the authors of that app, uh, which I believe is somewhere in Canada. They've got coverage for all of the bike stations that are using this technology. So that's uh, London and New York and Boston and Washington and, and, of course, little old Melbourne in this part of the world. And so that Spot Cycle app, well, I mean, typically I'll use it when I'm when I need to get to a destination so I'll know that the station is either empty or full. So Spot Cycle will show me where the 50 stations are and it'll tell me how many bikes are available and how many docks are available. So it makes it, it, makes it a lot easier to use rather than, you know, occasionally our customers will get to a station and it's, and it's just empty. So that just saves them that additional hassle. And, yeah, considering most people have got devices or smartphones these days, or you can look mm. at it at a desktop when you're sitting just before you leave, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. that makes it quite uh, quite flexible. The new station in Moore Street, Fitzroy, uh, yeah, how's that going? There are th- um, three new stations in Fitzroy, and Moore's, Moore's one of them, and um, so I'll spend a little bit of... Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned, we had these CBD stations, but you're probably aware of the free tram zone, and the free tram zone has been extremely popular with commuters in the city to the extent that some of our city-based stations were becoming less well-used because, you know, again, people were saying, well, I can get on this tram for free to go up to Big Market or to RMIT. So as a consequence of that, we thought, well, let's let's move some of those stations. So we moved one into Napier Street, Victoria Parade Corner. Uh, you mentioned the Fitzroy Town Hall on Moore Street and Yorkshire brewery now i've used a couple of those i haven't been to the yorkshire brewery but i'm told that there's a an apartment development that's gone in so the one so the most popular of the three that i've just mentioned is moore street and it generally happens uh, with bike share is that people walk past it a few times and they think oh gee that's interesting a bike share station has just moved into my neighborhood so december was reasonably quiet looking at these numbers but january was very strong so we're pretty excited about uh, the Moore Street station and probably the other two will will pick up uh, over time as well. If People Powered Radio, an exhibition celebrating 40 years of 3CR. From the 18th of March till the 23rd of April, the exhibition will feature new work by contemporary artists, rare audio, 3CR ephemera, archival posters and photos, live on-site broadcasts and music events. Come along to the opening night, Friday, March 18th from 6pm at Gertrude Contemporary Art Gallery, 200 Gertrude Street, Fitzroy. For more information, visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And indeed, you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Use Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. Okay, I'm going to go into the second part of an interview I did with Gordon Oakley from the RACV talking about the new Melbourne bike share pods uh, that have just been put into Yarra. Do you have plans to move into places like Derebin or Moorland or Maribyrong, that sort of thing, or is that a little bit too far 
out at the moment? Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, uh, great question. So we, what's happening now is a lot of people who are developing apartment blocks are coming to us and saying we'd love to have a station placed in here, and the most the the furthest afield so far has come from the Australian paper mills, which I think is still in the city of Yarra, sort of just on near the where the Chandler Highway and the Yarra is there. I wouldn't rule anything in or out at that at this stage we are having discussions with our uh, client which is public transport victoria they're pretty keen to expand bike share as well because they see this as part of the solution for you know congestion on trains and trams so if they can get more bikes and more people riding bike just means among other things fewer people are going to be crowding onto the other forms of public transport so i wouldn't rule out Darabin and Moreland. My sense is that in the short to medium term, I'd be looking, you know, probably within the within six or seven kilometres of Melbourne and making sure we cover that well. Yeah, because that's a really good point to bring up in terms of for inner city people who think that we're really well serviced with public transport. But invariably yeah. there are times when you cannot get on the train or the tram. It's a bit of a um, the last few days here in Melbourne, you know, it's a bit squashy, it's a bit sweaty, yep. and invariably you can go get your own mode of transport and like you said 60 bucks a year it's kind of what we call mixed mode and it's a probably a a good option for people to start thinking about that's right i I occasionally use the balaclava station so the balaclava station which is probably only about four or five stations out from the city to go into town and there are days when you get to the station and the train doors open but you know you couldn't get another soul into the train so you know our vision certainly is to say to those people you know why don't you get on a bike and ride in you know four or five stations is probably only 12 to 15 minutes on a bike um, offers options people and as i said it's a sensible thing for public transport victoria or ptv to be offering its customers as well got to get on to the tricky question here uh-huh. The magic helmet word, because uh, <laughs> uh, I know it's it's divisive and people and, yeah, and there's a, right. you know, there's a lot of discussion around this. But from Melbourne bike share's perspective, you have to follow the law. And whether, right. So what can people do, especially if you know, I know yeah. about the helmets, but for people who are from overseas, and they probably find this a little bizarre. But what's the easiest way for people to do this? You know, to get a helmet. Yes, you're quite right. I don't often get away with an interview where that question isn't asked. So, and, and I mean, I guess, I guess there were a number of answers. That, and as you correctly point out, we're not going to be able to influence a change in the law because of bike share. So the answer to both interstate and international tourists is we have around 200 helmets that we make sure are at bike stations. So. Uh, for example, I was in Burke Street the other day and I needed to get to Spring Street for a meeting and I went out to the station and there were two helmets which were left with the bike. So that's the easiest solution. The second easiest solution is that we've managed to secure arrangements with around 40 convenience stores in and around the city and for tourists who are going to spend a week in Melbourne, they can buy a helmet for $5, which which we think is is excellent value. So really what we're saying to tourists, you can do one of two things. You can go to the bike station and invariably there'll be a helmet that's been left there. We make sure that those are updated um, at least weekly. But as I say, if you're going to be in Melbourne for a week, just secure, just buy a helmet. And, and in fact, because it's got heavy Melbourne branding, one of my friends told me that he was in Munich the other day and he saw someone uh, riding a bike around Munich um, with a Melbourne bike share helmet. So apparently they're collector's items. 
yeah. So, because other bike share things overseas, you know, where they don't have mandatory helmet legislation, there's been a bit of, you know, that kind of discussion about how Melbourne yep. has a slower uptake because of That's that. Right. But invariably, with um, I think with the increased discussion around this, uh, we could see changes. But I'm not putting yep. you on the spot here, but it'd be good to see like a better uptake with better information about what people consider yep. safety items. Yeah, so you're quite right. So, I mean, no, just some additional information. We had our uh, January and February, because, I mean, the weather was quite nice, as you know, but um, we, we had something like 26,000 rides in January, which was our best ever month, and February was very strong as well. So it's, it's a combination of two things, Chris. One is the weather, as I said, and better awareness that, um, of bike share, but also we've now put stations in places where people are more likely to use them. So at 26,000, you've got a viable bike share. You know, I remember when I used to do interviews in 2011 and I said, once we get to 25,000 rides a month, we've got a viable system. So we're there now. And obviously, when you get to 26,000, you want 30,000 rides a month. And when you get to 30, you want 35. But as I, you know, as I said, we're not going to solve the helmet issue. However, if we get our communication right and make it simple for international tourists, you know, we'd like to think that it'll still be pillar. And I mean, I do obviously see a lot of tourists riding around in particularly around Port Melbourne and St Kilda. Some of them wear helmets. Many, many don't wear helmets. We, uh, you know, we can't control uh, how our users use the bikes. Yeah, well, in Sydney, uh, around the Manly area and uh, around the beaches, they don't either. But we won't talk about New South Wales at the moment. It's kind of gone a little <laughs> odd up there at the moment. With that, with that exponential growth, become you know becomes uh, more infrastructure you can put in and more kind of those uh, networking collaborative things you were saying earlier about working with developers and or things like PTV. It sounds great. What. Um, Considering the the slew of stories we've had in the last you know four or five years about Melbourne bike share not working well, it sounds like it is now. Yeah. Well, that's right. I um, there are there are some sections of the media that very eager to talk, talk down Melbourne bike share for a period of time, and that's fine. I mean, that's uh, it's a, it's um, it's good copy when you're writing a negative story. Things uh, things have turned around in the last six to twelve months, and we're pretty we're pretty buoyant about bike share and I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago we're very keen to talk to our client about expanding the program because really when you look at Melbourne versus the other great cities of the world including London and New York and Paris their bike share systems are you know vastly larger than ours and one of the reasons they are popular is because they're large it's obvious that if you don't have to walk more than 200 meters to get to a bike share station you're more likely to use it because it'll gonna it'll solve more of your transport needs which is where we would love to get to in the next couple of years. That sounds great. Well, if it, you know, if no one has said it before, but I would like to say welcome to Yarra, and I, I want to see the, those three stations get a massive um, uptake, yeah. especially because it's you know around here it's relatively flat except Gertrude Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a bit of a climb. That's a bit of a climb in the mornings. It's got a bit of a false flat. I'd really like to see that um, go well in Yarra, especially with the high. Well, we've got one of the highest percentages of cycling participation in Australia. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. we um, thank you for making us feel welcome, yeah. Chris. We've had a couple of meetings recently with council people and they're great supporters of bike share as well so you're all making us feel very welcome we welcome it thank you very much thank you for your time today And that was an interview I did with Gordon Oakley from the RSEV talking about Melbourne bike share and what is today uh, Steve can you remember what today is 
Today, apart from being March... Oh, hang on. Hang on, we'll just let that play in the background. So I think that's all we've got time for this week. There was a really good editorial, actually, I should say, from The Age. Uh, And that was kind of touching base upon the Melbourne bike plan that the city of Melbourne have put out and also saying that this sort of thing should be extended to the suburbs because really around here in the inner suburbs it's a no-brainer to make cycling a viable option because it's relatively flat and it's close to everything and it's kind of easy to say, oh, we've got this high participation rate. What about you guys out there? You're listening in the far-flung suburbs 10 to 15 k's out or even much further. What do we get get for people further out? Yeah, we really need to be stepping up the ability to ride to the other mode. So mm. riding to the train station. Yep. No-brainer should be at every train station. Yeah, Large lock-up, undercover, secure. And I thought I'd just fade up the uh, chorus there because it's Moomba. Moomba. <laughs> okay, that's all we've got time for this week. Val and Faye should be back in the studio next week. And don't forget that 3CR, we're all volunteers here. Or, you know, us uh, announcers are. And uh, we rely upon your um, donations and subscriptions. So please subscribe to 3cr.org.au. Anyway, I'll be back in a fortnight. And up next is Dirt Radio. You see their winning faces in the windows of the You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.